You just don't get this level of journalism in the F1 press conference. Which do you pour first, cereal or milk? Anyone who pours the milk first, <laughs> you cannot be trusted. I can't be friends with someone who pours the milk first. Do you sleep with socks on or off? See, this is another one. <laughs> if you're sleeping with socks on, how can you be trusted? Hello and welcome to the F1 Feeder Series podcast, your guide to keeping up to date on everything in the junior single-seater world. I'm your host, Jim Kimberley, and after 45 rounds, the F1 Feeder Series podcast has reached its season finale. It's been an amazing first year speaking with drivers from National Formula 4, Super Formula, Freca, Indy Lights, GB3, Formula 3, ELMS, Formula 2, and more. But what better way to end 2022 in the F1 Feed Series podcast world than this? A guest who has made his way through the Feed Series ladder to reach the top of the pile, Formula One. You might have heard about that. I'm delighted to announce our final guest for 2022 is the top rookie from FIA Formula Two and the sole graduate from the class of 2022 to reach F1. Welcome to the podcast. Williams Racing Formula One driver Logan Sargent. Has that title sunk in yet? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it's nice to hear on the season finale. Um, but no, I think, to be honest, it, it, it kind of feels weird because it's like, you know, I've gone through my whole F2 season. It just feels like this is the next step. And like, what am I going to do to, you know, get fully prepared for, for the next step physically, mentally? And, um, you know, just get as well acquainted with the team and car as I possibly can. So I don't know. It's 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 a weird one from from where I'm stood. I bet. I tell you something, anybody who's not watching the podcast and is listening, Logan's face says everything about how excited he is. It's, <laughs> it's all over him. You, well, I'm not surprised you, you reached Formula One. So congratulations. Going to dig into that in a little bit. But I have to also introduce uh, somebody joining me for the season finale, my chum, my ride or die, my homeboy, my rotten soldier, my most frequent podcast derailer on the roster. But most importantly, he's our F2 editor who's watched, written about and spoken to Logan all year long. Tyler Foster, are you ready to do this one last time for 2022? I remember we spoke to Piastri a long time ago, and obviously he's been waiting a long time to get to F1. I th- we heard, and we'll talk about it, we heard Logan in Abu Dhabi, and I feel like he's been waiting a while as well to get his chance now after how things have gone. But yeah, I've had the opportunity to speak to this American genius in the car um, a lot this year because of how well he's done. So yeah, it's always good to, to, to be back, and obviously with Logan as well, supreme quality here with us. Brilliant. Yeah, I've heard from some of the F2 drivers, the silverware is not the big prize. It's speaking to you in the post-race press conference that really gets them going. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, if this is the first time you're listening, watching the podcast, please like, comment, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Leave a rating or review if you are listening. You can leave a rating on Spotify and review us on Apple Podcasts. If a certain F1 driver has drawn you in to be a first-time listener, we have a whole year full of episodes with drivers like 
2021 F2 champ, Oscar Piastri, 2022 F3 champ, Victor Martin, vice champions, Terry Paul Cher and Zane Maloney, W Series triple champion, Jamie Chadwick, Indy Lights Goat, but maybe you'll think otherwise. Kyle Kirkwood, Logan, Goat. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. That's one of, <laughs> that's one of my boys for uh, for a long time. <laughs> the Floridians represent. And uh, we've got dozens more names that you're bound to hear more of in the coming years as well. But also check out our Discord for around 200 real-life drivers and look out on our store for F1 Fetuses merch if you want to look as good as I do. The links to both are in the description and the podcast show notes. And while the podcast is taking a little break for Christmas, our new YouTube show, Transfer Weekly, hosted by the excellent Chris McCarthy, will continue bringing you all the latest moves in the Junior Series. Subscribe to the channel if you want to keep up to date on all the Feeder Series news. And thank you to everyone who has already subscribed. It really does help us out. Only one thing that's uh, the topic for this week's finale. It's Logan Sargent. It's a Logan Sargent episode, the Formula One drive, the only one we've got so far this year because it's the F1 Feeder Series. We don't care about the people at the top, but you <laughs> need to drag you down first and talk about your route to Formula One, Logan. That's what I want to kind of focus on. And well, let's start in the present rather than going back. Talk us through how things have gone since the checkered flag fell on. <laughs> Uh, excuse me for saying it, but what sounded like a stressful, according to your team radio, weekend in Abu Dhabi? I mean, it was definitely a stressful weekend. Um, I mean, a bit of relief, but also just, you know, nice to uh, nice to finish the weekend the way we needed to. And um, obviously get our get my super license to ultimately get into Formula One. But since that weekend, it's it's sort of like, as I said, just onto the next task. And um, it was definitely a bit of weight off my shoulders for now. It's going to come back on next season, but uh, it's been, you know, a lot of, a lot of time spent in the gym, just trying to get, you know, back into shape because in season, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do, uh, you know, to your, your driver fit, but you're not in the best shape of your life uh, in terms of, you know, gym fit. And uh, so it's been a lot of that spending quite a bit of time here at Williams over the next, you know, well, last week and, and into the next two weeks. And um, yeah, just just really relaxing, soaking it all in and um, yeah, just doing my job and getting ready for it. I'll tell you something. Have you done a British winter yet? Because a kid from Florida doing a December in the UK does not sound like a, a good recipe to no. me. I've, I've definitely, I've, I've, I've done a few Europe, well, I've done quite a few European winters now and I always have to get out at some point for Christmas and New Year's. <laughs> get back to Florida because I cannot deal with the dark skies all day long. I, I, I wake up, it's dark, go to, I mean, it's dark all day. And then it's, it's, it's just not it. For anybody who's not been in the UK in the winter, we don't really have, well, we don't have seasons already. We've got light gray and dark gray. And currently this is dark gray and it's dark gray and dark all the time. So uh, yeah, look at my, my sympathies. I'm in Vietnam and it's really hot. It's 28 degrees at the moment and I'm recording really late. So think about that for a second. But Tyler, you watched every lap of Logan's 2022. The top rookie beating out the also impressive first year drivers like Awasa and Duan. He was one point from matching his second season teammate, Liam Lawson, how do you rate Logan's year? 
Well, ironically, he spent a lot of the second half of the season ahead of Liam. Um, it was only in the final round, I think, with... I, th- I think the fact that uh, Liam knew that he could sort of go for it a bit more and obviously because Carlin wanted to get that, that P2 in the Championship above ART as well. So that helped. But I think when it comes to this season, um, it took Logan half a year to get into it and then middle half, you know, mid-season was, as I said at the start, was supreme. You know, had some great, uh, had a great pole position, uh, you know, at Silverstone. And then again in the Castellet, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of rounds later, um, to get your first feature race win halfway through your rookie season, regardless of the fact that it's with Carlin, just goes to illustrate just how good his season was. Um, and he was, yeah, he was P3 for pretty much like a third of the season in towards the back end of it. Um, so I think there's a lot of people who uh, are interested to see how Logan fit in because of the fact that um, you look at someone like Drogovic, who's obviously dominated the championship in a way, but obviously has been in his third year in the championship and he's not going to be in an F1 car uh, during the races in, in, in the season next year. And then you've got Logan who straight from F3 to F2 and then F1. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how, how you'll do Logan next year. But um, in terms of being deserved of that Williams seat, I think that, that it's really difficult to argue that you're not deserving of that. So... Um, yeah, I think we, we rated your your season a few weeks ago in our season review, and I think I gave you sort of an A minus. I think it was A A minus somewhere in that. I'll range. take that. I'll take that. Yeah, definitely in the A's because, um, as I said, to, to to adapt quickly and then to nearly beat your teammate who was in his second year and you know, is now going to Super Formula, that was a great achievement in itself. It really, really was. But how about you, Logan? How do you view twenty twenty two as a whole? You had some team problems, some driver error. Plenty of F1 practice sessions. It was a bit of a roller coaster season from how I'd view it. Definitely a roller coaster. I think as a whole, we could, you know, it was extremely positive. Um, I I felt like for the most part, we were super quick throughout the year and we definitely left points on the table, you know, on a fair few occasions, which was, you know, down to both me as well as a few mechanicals, which wasn't ideal. And uh, you know, that that really did cost us, but you know, I think everyone can say, well, we, we left points on the table here and there. So it, it always equals out, except for Felipe. I think he was, <laughs> I was just about he, to say he was pretty consistent all year. But um, no, I mean, I think as a whole, I, I'm really happy with how it went. Um, you know, I feel like I got more or less everything I could out of Formula 2. I, I feel like another season, OK, I would have gained a bit more experience, but you know, the car is so different to a Formula One car. It's what, you know, I already felt like I was up to speed with it. What more am I going to sort of, you know, get from doing another season? Um, so it was quite nice when I got the news that I was uh, moving on. You kind of moved on early as well, getting all those uh, F1 appearances at the end of the season too. But um, just another thing on you, Tyler, Logan goes in to F1 now. Uh, alongside F2's previous champions, Oscar Piastri and Nick de Vries, because we've got a bit of a changing year in 2023. Loads of movement, drivers exiting, drivers entering. What are your thoughts, Tyler, on the level of skill that next year's F1 grid has with these three F2 graduates all stepping up? Um, to sum it up, I'd say underrated. Um, I think that Oscar is held in, <clears throat> he's held in high esteem because of the way that he dominated his championship winning season last year in F2. I think a lot of people were upset that he wasn't in F1 this year already. Obviously, there's the whole situation with Alpine and McLaren. But in regards to him now being in, 
he has a lot of expectation now on his shoulders because he's had that year out. He seems like an ultra confident character, so that hopefully he'll be able to deal with that. Um, you know, an Aussie replacing an Aussie at McLaren. So, and then you've got Nick and and Logan, who I think people, with all respect, I think do underrate. Um, Nick, yes, similar to Felipe, he had I think three seasons in F two. Uh, and then again, a dominant season where he won the championship, moved on to Formula E. Um, a bit of a crazy series in itself, that Formula E. So I think that even though I, I rate him massively, his championship year, I think, wasn't as good as, say, Stoffel Van Dorn's Formula E championship win this year. But nevertheless, he is he is so good at details. And considering that he's a bit older now, I think that he's actually entering his prime, which is going to help him massively. Um, I guess... Next season will be defined on how good the Alpha Tauri car will be next year, which, with all respect, has been a bit poor compared to last couple of years this year. And then, obviously, with Logan, um, I think to step into Williams, who are who have had such a you know a disappointing last say five, six, seven seasons in, in F1, and a very gradually just picking it back up every season. Um, you saw with with Alex that he he was able to sort of drag the Williams ever so slightly into the points that, you know, in qualifying uh, into the top 10 and then obviously in the race. And I think that having Logan as a rookie push Alex will not only help Logan and Alex, but the team as a, as a whole, you get that feeling. I remember when Lando came to McLaren, there was that feeling of, oh, there's this excitement. There's a rookie in the team. There's, you know, it's a bit, a bit something different. So I think with all respect to Latifi, you know, having him step out and then a rookie come in in, in someone who's, Again, another ultra confident driver in Logan. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting Williams lineup, and I think Williams fans will have a bit more to be excited for going forward. Logan, I feel you're about to enter this weird time in your career where, for many people, they'll feel like you've just just snapped into existence. And interviews are going to mention your first season and your first race and things like that, but. We're F1 Feeder Series. We, of course, know better. So I wanted to give you what might be the final chance, potentially, to talk through your years up until now, because everything from now on is going to be year one starts 2023. We've spoken about Piastri a little bit as well, and he's been a long-term rival. I wonder if you actually see it that way, because you raced back in British F4 in 2017 for your first summer single-seater championships. What do you remember from way back then? Yeah, I mean, we even went further back than that. We used to be teammates in karting um, mm. with Ricky Flynn Motorsports back in the day. And um, to be honest, yeah, rivalry, of course, because, I mean, you know, in the end of the day, we're all competitors and we all want to win, uh, you know, against the people we're racing against. But at the same time, we've we've had a really good sort of friendship throughout our whole career. And there was never any tension or beef or anything like that when we were teammates. Um, but yeah, I mean, just... It's been a journey, you know, from starting in British F4 to, you know, that was that was a really good season against, obviously, Oscar was there. and He wasn't your of, teammate that year, though, was he? No, no, no. He was in a different team that year. I was I, I, I was actually with Carlin. Uh, that was my first year ever racing. And um, so it kind of feels right to finish it off with them in, in F2 because I've, I've done three seasons with them now. And, um, yeah, it's just been a, it's been a long road, but it's, it's been worth it. And um, I'd say... The highlight of it was definitely 2020, my season with Prema. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me just, let me just calm you down, son. We're going to get there. We're thinking 2017 <laughs> now. You've you met Trevor Carlin. But, yeah. That, that's yeah. got to be imposing. Is, uh, how old have you been then? Like 16? I probably met Trev when I was 15, I'd say. 
Um, I'd say that's probably about when I started testing a form, 15, 16, somewhere in there. And um, yeah, they gave me a mega first season F4. Um, to be honest, I was probably not completely satisfied with how that season went. Um, even though we had a really strong back half of the year, which was which was nice. But um, yeah, I would have liked to have won it with them that year. Well, if you're a racing driver, I'm sure even Max Verstappen <laughs> is annoyed he didn't win every race this year. You know, it's always gonna you want something more. Okay, but let's go past british isles and being stuck there because you had euro cup in 2018 yeah and so familiar faces there because it was Rich, richard for christian lungard now left f2 but victor martin clement novelak oscar piastri oscar, thorn yeah. in your side and you booked bookended the season with some wins did you have any standout moments that you can remember yeah i mean i i won my debut race in renault uh at paul ricard like castellet which was which was awesome. I think, to be honest, we had we had a really really good car that year. And is that um, a strong track for you then? Because that's you're talking this year as well. I guess I know my way around there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know if I consider it a strong one. I I I mean, it definitely it's just one I know very well. Um, I've done a lot of laps there, a lot of testing, so I think it's just sort of it's just one I know like the back of my hand. So it it, it just flows quite naturally, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, there were definitely standout moments. I think, you know, I ended the season really, really strong in Barcelona. Um, I, it must be something about last race. I'm <laughs> the last race of the year, a lot back half of the year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that year. It was the first chance I got to really get on all the European circuits as well. And, um, you know, start to learn those heading, you know, before heading into, into Formula 3. There's a, a good few circuits. I was just looking at the calendar. Silverstone, Monza, Red Bull Ring, Spa, Hungara Ring. Monica. Yeah, the, yeah, you've really got it good. So good preparation. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, I know you are Formula 2 focused now, but you were Formula 3 focused before. Um, do you want to drink, talk us through that graduation? Yeah, well, I think people might forget about Logan's three years in, in F3 because I've got to be honest, I can't think of someone who's had a more up and down time in F3. <laughs> I've never known someone to go backwards like he like he did and then still perform and then obviously end up... Backwards in team, we're going to clarify here. No, not insulting you here. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I just mean <laughs> in the sense that, you know, you had your first uh, rookie season with Carlin, as you mentioned, you know, you had three seasons with them in your whole feeder series career. And that was the, the second one uh, outside of the uh, one you had in, in British F4. How was your time as a rookie with them? Because obviously it took you a little bit of time to get up to, to grips with things. How did you feel about that rookie season? To be honest, that was a tough year. That was not extremely pleasant, uh, to say the least. Um, I was actually teammates, teammate, sorry, teammates with uh, Felipe that year, and um, obviously, you know, we we both ended up to be, you know, pretty good going forward. But yeah, it was a, it was a tough year for the both of us, and I just feel like as a team we we struggled. We just didn't have the pace in the car. It was. I remember it was like on on repeat we were just six seven tenths off every single qualifying and it was like what can we do to to find to find that and it just it wasn't coming so that was that was disappointing but it was nice to round it off with a mega macau grand prix um that was my first time there and it went super well it's probably my probably the fate my favorite race i've ever done in my career to be honest and um 
yeah i mean through all this stuff i've been with been through with carlin it was nice to come back and have a have a good season to to end it off and my engineer in f3 that season actually ended up being my engineer in, in f2 this year nice i'm gonna say that just so you know richard for says that was his favorite race as well the McCann. Well, he won so, so of course, course it's gonna be more important. <laughs> but he remembered immediately just who was on the podium because i asked him when he was on the podcast earlier and he just like straight away knew so it was very memorable for multiple people i've got a question which i want tyler to actually take on this but oscar went the different route and i don't want him to have the parallels too much and he had the extra year doing Euro Cup. Is that something you think you could have benefited from? Or do you think that step up to F3 and getting a bit more experience under your, and the F3 car, because it's a bit different, was beneficial? I, I think, to be honest, going into 2020, we both ended up in, you know, arguably the best F3 car on the grid. So I think in the end of the day, we both came back to the same point. Um, it's like we can't get away from each other. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, we, we, we both ended up back at the same point and um, I don't think you could have gone wrong either way. I think, I think it, I think they both worked out relatively similar. In terms of that 2020 season you had with Kramer, obviously moving to them from, from Colin, um, that season has a lot of strong names in terms of drivers, you know, you talk of obviously Oscar yourself, Terry Pocher, Bestie, Lawson, Beckman, Hughes, for sure. And the list goes on and on and on. Um, I think that might be considered probably one of the best F3 seasons of all time. Um, I think this year was very strong, but that was certainly in the way that the title showdown happened. Maybe not from your perspective. Um, how was Mugello and that final round in terms of pressure and then compared to the pressure that you obviously experienced this year in a different sense? The pressure wasn't honestly actually there because I, I made a mistake in Monza in the sprint race when I had probably the race of my life until about three laps to go and um, crashed with my teammate. But um, <laughs> to be honest, Mugello, I was, I was behind going into the round. So it was, it was pretty much like, okay, I'm, I'm behind. So it's, it's all or nothing here. And um, had a really, really good qualifying compared to, to Oscar. So I felt like, okay, this is, this is more or less in my hands now. And um ended up matching him after the feature race and uh, it was, it was all to play for in, in the sprint race, starting ahead of both Theo and, uh, and um, Oscar. And uh, obviously it all went wrong. And at that point I was just like, you know, I I'd had enough to even, even care. I was like, like, what can you do? Like it was, it was past the point of obviously a crazy amount of frustration, but it was so much frustration where I just, had to just let it go. I was like, it just, you know, it's just, it's, it's disappointing, but it is what it is. Do you, so do you look back on that then and you can say, I'm, I'm, I'm not, doesn't bother me as much. Um, To be honest, it, it, it didn't really bother me too much, even going into the following year, because whether I had won that championship or not, um, I wasn't going to be able to move into F2 and Ultimately, I, I guess everything happens for a reason because I probably wouldn't have been here if I won that championship. So it it's all relative, I guess. Um, obviously, in the moment, it was super disappointing, but looking back at it, maybe it was for the better. And um, you know, it's you have to try and spin it and look at the positive of it. 
It sounds like there's a person here who's got so many needles in the Larim Zendeli voodoo doll that he's finally passed it at this point. Is it? Am I, am I right a little bit, Logan? No, I. <laughs> it was just, it was a weird incident, honestly. I it really was. I I I can't even really tell you exactly what happened. I never watched it again. I didn't want to see it again. Um, hmm. So I, I can't really remember exactly what what went down. I just know I got sandwiched and that was it. It was um, not the way you obviously want to end the season. You went into the next year and it didn't really look like, as you said, you weren't going to go into Formula 2 next year. It didn't look like you were even going to make it into F3. And were you like the last or second last driver announced, I think it was, because you were really late call up and I was surprised that you made it. And then you just showed well, what a good driver is capable of in a not so good car yeah well obviously you know going into that season it was really like okay let's try and get a few lmp2 races here and there a few gt gt races here and there and um you know just try to make the most of it you know keep my name in the loop and hopefully sort of trying to line up an lmdh riders because that's when the lmdh stuff was starting to come mm -hmm. around and um that was sort of the plan. I also had some 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 things going on in on the IndyCar side, which was a possibility. And um, something popped up last minute in, in F3. And obviously, you know, I looked at it first and I was like, Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. <laughs> if this is what I want to do again. It just sounded like a year of, of a bit of pain, to be honest, after you know, coming from the best car in 2020. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that that's credit to people around me sort of pushing me into, you know, a situation that I wasn't, you know, completely, completely comfortable with, but I had to completely sort of switch my mindset and it was more about like, okay, you know, you've, you've driven with the best car and you've done a, you know, we were, we were very quick and did a good job. Now, what can you do with a okay, not so good car? And where can you get that car over the course of a season? Mm. And um, to be honest, even though okay, I was never going to fight for the championship, um, I think, you know, I that was quite clear going into it. But I was actually very happy with how the season played out and how, how we progressed through the season. And um, I think it was still still a really strong year from my side. I think uh, Tyler will agree with me saying this. Uh, I don't think many people like Enzo this year with the same team would expect that car to be so high up and you could really show. And I suspect, there's another question I've got off the back of this. I suspect the people who know how the feeder series works were impressed enough by you for a Formula One team to start flirting with you towards the end of the year. Yeah. How did how did that start to come about? Did, did they approach you? Did you approach them? Um, to be honest... That season came to a close. I had a good last round in in Sochi. And to be honest, like I said, it was really just a, a year to, I mean, past time. We didn't have anything. So it was just, you know, what can we do to keep active in a car? Um, as I said, it was more the focus on the LMP2 stuff. And um, yeah, it just off the back end of that year, I, I pretty much went straight back to America just to, to get home for a bit. and. Um, Suddenly, my phone was ringing from my manager saying that there was a potential deal between Williams, Carlin, and myself. And 
obviously I was like, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just, they came to you, saw something and that was. To be be honest, I think it was all sort of done behind the scenes um, between, you know, my management Williams, as well as I know Carlin was heavily involved in, I know I have to say, you know, thank you to Trevor as well. Cause I think he, he sort of put my name in the hat. Um, so it all just came to me sort of finalized and that was all I had to basically do was say, yeah, let's, let's go. I, I don't really know how it all came together. Um, so yeah, credit to, to my management and everyone behind the scenes for, for making it happen. That is quite a contrast of 12 months, isn't it? Just facing, like you said, with the respect and I could tell you the respect you wanted to have just oh do I really want to do a season like this all of a sudden one of the top teams in Formula 2 with a Williams or an F1 team specifically academy backing that's a massive turnaround like how unexpected was it for you and how how close was the end of the dream like that's that's my big thing here how close were you to thinking Formula 1's never going to happen I think it was it was closer to the end at the end of 2020, hmm. um, or maybe I was just more to terms with it in 2021. I don't know, um, but yeah, 2020 was probably the lowest moment for sure. Well, at the end, uh, obviously, it was great throughout the season, and then at the end, it was pretty much pretty much at a, at a low, like as low as it gets. And um, yeah, I'd say end of 2020. End of 2020, I didn't expect or sorry, end of 2021, I didn't expect the the F2, you know, Williams deal or anything like that to come along. It was, as I said, I was sort of shaping up to do, to, you know, ultimately get into LMDH as well as I, I was actually just about to do a test in IndyCar, um, which was potentially for, for the following year. And um, as I, as that test, I made a seat in the IndyCar for that test. And um after you know sort of a week before the test the Williams thing came up and um we sort of you know told the team like you know we can do the test but you know ultimately we won't be racing here next year and um you know fair enough they're not going to waste the money or day on that uh so yeah it was just uh on from there and back to Europe F1 feeder series, that's the right priority. Uh, sorry, Jeroen, who's our IndyCar uh, specialist for saying that. But no, I think it's the benefit of F1. Final thing, just on this side of the bits. Um, wrapping your story up, how soon in the year did you either hear or think that you could be in with a chance of an F1 drive as soon as 2023 this, this last season? I think at the end of the summer break, um, you know, I just come off of a, a bit of a, a hot streak and okay. Yeah. Paul Ricard was disappointing because we pulled it. And then of course, every time you're on for a good result, something happens and um, the clutch exploded on the start. And we, you know, that was, that was a huge dent to our season because had we have, you know, finished in, well, we were going to finish in the top three there and you know, that, that cost us a lot. But I think at that point, everything was going very well. Um, we were super quick and, um, that's where I started to think, okay, this is, this is a possibility. We just need to, you know, try and keep it up the best we can and, um, yeah, just bring it home. Really. I could say that the F2 gods give up and take of away because you would concentrate on Paul Ricard, but should we go back to Red Bull ring and, uh, <laughs> get in the win there? That was 
probably one of the best races of my life. I mean, you know, a lot of people can say, yeah, I was for sure lucky to be, you know, given the win in the end, obviously through a couple technicalities for the others. But I think as a race as a whole, it was one of the best I've ever done um, in terms of, you know, we started on the wrong tire and honestly on the pit wall, they told me after the race, they were like, we a hundred percent thought the race was over. Like we were like, yeah, whatever, just box and get some slicks on, but it's over. And um, yeah, I, I was just so angry. I remember. And um, yeah, just once the pit window opened, we got in and I remember I had like an F1 pit stop. It was honestly credit to the team. It was one of the best F2 pit stops I've ever seen in my life. And uh, it was like up and down. And I just remember coming out, coming out of the pits, the track was still damp and I was just able to get tire temperature really easily. And, um, I was just, I was flying for, for whatever reason compared to the people around me. I remember, you know, I probably came out of that pit stop, like fourth in line on that strategy. And within two laps, I was in the lead of that line and just charging away. And every lap as I, got into a bit of a rhythm and every lap I could see them coming out of the pits and I would just get the nicest run up into, into turn three and just overtake them. And, uh, I don't know, I don't know how many laps that happened for, but it was just, it was just perfect. And I don't know how we even stayed that close because of we, we were, we were last when we came into the pits. It was, it was ridiculous. So final quick question on cool. my side for this, did you ever get the trophy back from Richard who was doing hide and seek masterfully? No, I didn't. I didn't get it back. <laughs> Maybe the team did. I don't know. I never got anything. <laughs> but uh, to be honest, I was just happy with the points. <laughs> I've asked enough questions from our end and the F1 Feeder Series podcast is for our viewers and listeners. However, it's our finale. So I'm going to be repurposing some of the best questions of the year for Logan to answer for this last hashtag Ask F1FS of 2022. And these are all genuine questions from our fans here. So this is very important, Logan. Uh, Tyler, can you take us away? He always does this to me. So <laughs> just for, for you, Logan, um, every time I'm on the podcast, for some reason, Jim always decides to only pick questions that are about food. Food? Yeah, food. And okay. we get some ridiculous questions from some drivers, uh, from answers from some drivers, like uh, Theo Pocher, obviously French said that he didn't like cheese. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what that's about. Uh, <laughs> we, we asked him, does he like pizza? And he's like, yeah, well, I like pizza, but I just don't like having cheese. It's, it's weird oh. things like that. So the first question is from Framer Down Under from Instagram. Um, if you could be any type of bread, what would you be? Any type of bread? Yeah. Huh. That is strange. <laughs> 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 it's a strange question um <laughs> i think if i gotta <laughs> if i have to pick any type of bread i mean my favorite is probably sourdough so gotta go with that i guess sourdough sergeant what else wow. am i gonna pick i don't know i think this Tyler? is the one this next question what, what bread would i go or my movie no 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 no. please continue I know we're, we're up against time here and these are really important so, questions that the people need to know this next question i think is the one that teo basically refused to answer which is embarrassing okay. itself from ashley on, on discord uh, if you had to live off of one cheese for the rest of your life what cheese would you pick burrata easy 
It's Ooh. not even close. That's that's number one by a mile. Cultured man. That's what happens <laughs> when you race for Prima for a year. You get that. Yeah, my, my Italian engineer would be proud of me. <laughs> Uh, next question from a not English as proven by DNA on Discord. Uh, what is your favorite meal? Good question. What is my favorite? I'd say if I can get like a really, really good steak, then it's then that's probably the top of the list. But I don't like an average steak, if you know what I mean. It's gotta be, it's gotta be really good. Or ooh, to be honest, like a an American barbecue is is tough to beat as well. That's pretty, that's pretty solid. If you had one thing that you could put on the barbecue, what would it be? One thing on the barbecue, ribs or you know that sort of stuff. Oof. Um, it's hard to go wrong with ribs, isn't it? I was I was, I was, going, I was kind of expecting ribs. Southern American man like yourself, you got to go ribs. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think ribs are all way kind of thing. Yeah. A uh, bit of a different one in this one uh, from Evgeny on Twitter. Um, sushi or lasagna? Sushi all day. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited to go to uh, Suzuka for that reason. I'm I'm excited to try some like true Japanese uh, Japanese food. Get some some real sushi. I know it gets time here, but I'm just going to quickly jump in because I've just flown via Tokyo and I had to do the same. I had to have sushi because I was in Japan. And even at the airport, they've got like the proper sushi chef chopping it all up, like right really? in front of you know, those pre-packaged boots. Was it elite? It was really, really good, yeah. I was, I was <laughs> delighted. I was delighted. Yeah, I'm pumped. <laughs> you're going to have a great time. Tyler, please, the next question is massively important. Oh, yeah, okay. So this is probably the best food question of the entire year, so prepare yourself. Uh, from Atto4699, does pineapple belong on a pizza? So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can understand why it's frowned upon. <laughs> but he's a pro, he's a pro pineapple guy. Yes, Logan. But, but what so are we gonna say? No, so my Italian engineers would be furious with me. <laughs> I don't think it tastes bad. I don't think you should knock it till you try it. And I feel like they've never even given it a go. So, mm. like, how how do you know? You know, I uh, think it's pretty right. every time it's someone right. says so. Every time someone says no as a response, the follow up question is, "Have you ever tried it?" And the follow up is always, "No." Exactly. Which is like, try it. And but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm agree with you there, Logan. I love a bit of pineapple on pizza. Not every time, but yeah, it's a nice little treat. Um, yeah, one... definitely not every time, but every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next one from at Oscar T. Uh, please rate garlic bread on a scale of zero to ten. Garlic bread. Yes. Who's making it? I mean, like. <laughs> We're talking. We're talking garden, does it matter? We're, we're talking. You're you're at Le Castellet and you're having a, a starter, and you get the garlic bread out. What at the the track? Oh yeah, yeah. In in the pits, you're waiting. There's a there's a red flag in FP1. You're hungry. Uh, probably pretty low at that point. But I mean, it's like <laughs> like so. My my grandma's Italian, and she makes some supreme Italian food. So. If it's, you know, if it's like a home cooked garlic bread from, from, from grandma, pretty, pretty, pretty high up there. Got to give it like an eight out of 10. That's so specific. (laughs) Uh, Next question from Harmony DePaul. Uh, 
on or at Motor Minister on Twitter. Do you eat kiwis? And I think this is not a reference to you. But this is not a reference to you being better than Liam Lawson, by the way. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I don't. I, it's not my fit. It, like, it's very funny. I pretty much like any any fruit, but not kiwi. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But don't let Liam know that. Um, <laughs> Facebook from at Venus on Discord. What is your favorite cheat meal? So that's probably where the American comes out. Me love a like a a, a proper American cheeseburger, uh, just just like all ingredients. But, you know, just the, how the, many how many how many like layers are you having? Like has to be a double patty at least. Um, at least. <laughs> all right, double, all right, double patty for one. sure. You can't, you can't get just one in America. It has to be at least two. Yeah, at least two. Yeah. Gotta be double. I mean, for being realistic, pretty greasy too. But, <laughs> yeah, you go with like I'm chips as in. well. At that point, I'm all in. So chips are. All <laughs> in. Oh nice. Yeah. Milkshake. <laughs> if you're going all the way, you're going all the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the final food question uh, from at Fashoni: Which do you pour first, cereal or milk? Oh come on. This shouldn't even be a question, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, anyone who pours the milk first, <laughs> you cannot be trusted. Like, I can't be friends with the first. Trusted. I can't be friends with someone who pours the milk first. Like, I hope neither of you do, but... <laughs> I could be trusted, I'm fine. Oh, yeah. I think you should, you should find out if Alex does that, because that could be a bit of a problem. Ooh. Honestly, that's like... That's like... How can we even work together at that point? <laughs> you can't trust him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I, think why, I think that's why Ocon and Gaz hate each other because they found out that one of them calls the milk first or something. Like, yeah. oh. There you go. Well, the food answers there. <laughs> yeah, I'll oh, try with through these. I know uh, you've got to deal with Tom Clarkson next year, and you just don't get this level of journalism in the <laughs> F1 press conference. So, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, you have no, to go into a I lower standards. I think that's the most food question I've been asked in a, in a while. <laughs> uh, well, there's some which aren't food related. I'll try and whisper because I know I'm really conscious of time. Um, so you can kind of single answer these. Canadian Josh via Discord wants to know, important, do you sleep with socks on or off? See, this is another one. <laughs> if you're sleeping with socks on, how can you be trusted at that point? Like, no. <laughs> I think I should go. I think I should go, Jim. Well, you see the socks. You do on. not do you, Tyler. Bye, lads. How, how, how do you not get like beyond hot? Hey, I live in England, Logan. I, Logan I, I heard a rumor that sometimes Tyler goes to bed with his socks on and then gets up for a midnight snack, uh, pulls some milk in his bowl, <laughs> and then puts cereal on. Top. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go. find a pizza on the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom Evans photos via Discord. What color is your toothbrush? Uh blue. Blue. Williams blue. Boom. Yeah, that's that that man's on on brand. Uh yeah. CM Parfait 16. How often have you peed in your race seat? Z- <laughs> never. I'm I'm proud of that answer. Never, never yet. Never will. I never, never will. will. <laughs> I never uh, Morgan will. TRL, do you have a nickname in the team? I'll say 
Carlin or Williams? Or is your name so freaking cool, Logan Sargent's <laughs> always going to be fine? Um, well, at Prema in 2020, they called me Hollywood. <laughs> that was that was because of my hair at the time and just like the sunglasses and everything they just thought the look was it was just hollywood i would love ever, um, that would you ever go back to that yeah. tall fringe what's that would you ever go back to the tall fringe that, that was, was a bit a... too much looking back at it that was a little bit too much okay. um I'm, I'm pretty pretty happy now just you know not too much not you know just 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 right Hollywood um, Sergeant. Can I just yeah. say, can I just say, I saw, saw obviously you're, you're at the wards um, last night, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, you see, I was on brand again. Dark blue and suit. I just want to say, I saw um, <laughs> there, was a, there was an interview that you did and your name came up. And I just wanted to ask, how many times have you noticed that your name gets spelt wrong, as in Sergeant? Oh, it got, I've, had to all, I've had to put in my autocorrect. You got spelled wrong twice. And I, I thought that's that would annoy me because it's such a mm. basic you know, name, really. No one can. Thank you. I'm kidding. It's a hashtag basic. <laughs> no, not in, a, not, in, not, in a, not in a boring way. I know you mean. I don't know. I no one can ever get it right for some reason, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Just say Hollywood. Everyone knows how to spell that. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm going to say final question here from our Lord and Savior, Floris Fisman. But I actually have one final question at the end of this. But he wants to know. <laughs> Floyd Fisman's the F1 PT Series founder, just so you know, Logan. Yeah. You're long-time friends with Kyle Kirkwood, and now both of you have made it to the top with F1 and IndyCar. How do you now look back on those days fishing and surfing with Kyle when this was all just a distant dream, and did you two think this was possible back then? Man, that is, that's deep. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, we've, we've been friends for literally ever. I mean, looking back at the pictures of us, like, you know, standing next to each other, you know, as when we were carding as kids is it's insane to honestly see like how, how much we've obviously grown up and how far we've come. But I feel like in the, like in the moment when we were just, you know, we were just, you know, going with the flow of things. Like, I feel like at least from my perspective, I want to speak for him, I guess, but I, I was kind of like just in the moment, which is quite nice. If you think about it as a kid, I was just in the moment enjoying, you know, just hanging out with him as, as friends and, you know, going fishing, going carding on the weekends. I don't think there was like really this, you know, big, you know, plan going forward. I think it was just more in the moment. And as we got older, things just kept escalating. And um, that's <laughs> like the, a prank that's gone too far. Yeah, literally. That's the way I like to think about it. I don't, I don't like to think like it was all thought about back then. I think it was just, it was just part of the moment and we just kept, kept growing, growing with it. Well, speaking of pranks gone too far, Logan, my final question is, do Americans and British people understand what a number two is in the same way? Because you've chosen your number now and you've chosen the number two. But mm -hmm. when I go to the bathroom, I can go for a number one or a number two and you've chosen number two. And are you aware of the connotations? I mean, yeah, but... You know, I, I, I mean, know you want number three, right? Number three. I mean, three is my number. That's that will always be my uh, my favorite. But I mean, I ran two in the past. It, it was good to me. Um, you know, I mean, I, I feel like two is pretty successful. Oscar dominated with two and F2. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I didn't actually know this until the other day, but 
Williams won a lot of their titles with the number two. I think at least, I think they won a couple with number two back in the day with, with Prost and Mansell, if I'm not mistaken. Mansell would be um, number five most of the time, but I understand where you're coming from. I think, I think that year he did use two though. He could have done. But the big question for me is, do you understand what number two is? Um, I mean, <laughs> I know where you're heading with this, but um, yeah, you know. Well, it's where Logan's going to finish in the championship. That's what it is. Damn right, Ty. Look at him saving it, pulling it out of the gutter. That's why he's on the show. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out next year. I, you know, it's not like, you know, I, I, it's not <clears throat> like I'll never change it. So I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, I wanted three. Three, three should be up for grabs at some point. Maybe. But Maybe. I know a lot of drivers want three because I think it's like, I don't know, for some reason it's a, so, lucky number pick so yeah well fingers crossed for that and i know i've already taken way too much of your time um thank you so much for joining everybody else that is all the time we have for this year thank you for watching and listening if you are watching on youtube dropping a like on the video leaving a comment and subscribing to the channel all really helps us out and if you are listening leaving a review on the podcast platform you're listening on is greatly appreciated even though we're in the off season feeder series news never stops so check out feeder series f1 feederseries.com more feed series insight and follow f1 feed series one f1 fs americas and f1 fs live on twitter you can find the links to all of that plus the twitter accounts for myself and tyler in the youtube description or the podcast show notes and you can find more logan sergeant content over 24 odd weekends in 2023 by watching something called formula one we have been the f1 feed series podcast happy holidays merry christmas happy new year and goodbye <laughs>